0: So, when we think about our relationships, when you think about your relationships, how often do you feel like, man, I wish this was somehow easier? Why do, why do relationships have to be so hard? Do you ever feel like, will it ever get easier? How can it get easier? Maybe if it weren't for the people, relationships would be easier even, right? All these things about relationships. We know we want to be in relationship. We want to feel like we belong. We want to feel loved. We want all of that. And yet relationships can be difficult. And so when we're thinking about that, When we're trying to figure it out through a perspective of, wait a minute, okay, when relationships are difficult, how can I experience God? We talked about this a little bit in the fall of relationships and how a changed heart changes our relationships, how those things impact our relationships, but now I'm thinking through, okay, So when our relationships are hard, because they are going to be hard at different points, not all of them, not all the time, but when they are, how do we experience God then? Because it's easy to experience God when we feel all of that love and the warm fuzzies, but when they're hard, how do we experience God then? And so for today, we are looking at the Gospel of Matthew. In fact, we're looking at chapter 7, which is the end of a couple of chapters that's called or referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is teaching. He is like in teacher mode. And so he's given all kinds of lessons, all kinds of things for us to think about. And today with chapter 7, he like lays it all out there. It's not an easy chapter. And so to just kind of think about that... To know, okay, not an easy chapter, but Jesus is trying to give something. He's really trying to help us. How do we experience God? How do we when relationships are hard? When they get really messy and difficult. So starting in Matthew 7, verses 1 through 6. Don't judge so that you won't be judged. You'll receive the same judgment you give. Whatever you deal out will be dealt out to you. Why do you see the splinter that's in your brother's or sister's eye, but don't notice the log in your own eye? How can you say to your brother or sister, let me take the splinter out of your eye when there's a log in your eye? You deceive yourself. First take the log out of your eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's or sister's eye. Don't give holy things to dogs and don't throw your pearls in front of pigs. They will stomp on the pearls, then turn around and attack you. All right, so those are some really hard, not-so-easy kind of words to have to deal with. Don't judge so that you won't be judged. None of us like to be judged by others, right? Unless we've entered into a competition, and that can still be kind of difficult, especially if we don't win, right? And so... This whole notion of don't judge so that you won't be judged. And it's so easy to slip into being judgmental at times. And yet here Jesus is like, stay away from it. Because what we do know is, we it, the relationship we have does not go well if we feel like we're being judged or if the other person feels like we are judging them so we already know that right okay you know when that happens it begins to make things really really difficult and he goes on it's kind of like you'll receive the same judgment you give whatever you deal out will be dealt out to you you know what sometimes if we aren't so if if we aren't very kind We can't expect kindness in return. If we're judgmental of others, we can't expect others to just be like warm and fuzzy with us. We may receive that judgment right on back. And so here Jesus is just pointing out like basic things about relationships and how we engage in them. But then he goes on. How can you say to your brother or sister, let me take the splinter out of your eye when there's a log in your eye? All right. This is the moment where he's like, we got to do a check. We got a self-awareness check that when the relationship is hard and we are going into maybe a moment of judgment, of passing judgment, of saying, I can't believe they did. Why do they keep doing that? Right. And go, wait a minute. Whoo. I need a little bit of grace. I want grace for my own life. I need to be making sure that I'm giving grace to someone else. We can't control whether or not someone else judges us. We can't control what someone else says to us. But we can choose to decide to respond, to resist judgment, resisting judging other people by going, you know what? I'm imperfect. I screw things up. I need a little bit of grace. I often need help. And doing that whole self-awareness check. So in this moment, we get this no go, Jesus, go on. All right. Wait, check yourself. Are you passing judgment? Because that's not gonna help things. If the relationship is difficult to begin with, it's not gonna go well. He goes on, right, you deceive yourself, first take the log out of your eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's or sister's eye. He doesn't mean that you'll actually be able to get to that point, but that when you see clearly, when you begin to go, wait a minute, they're struggling with something, I need to back up for a moment, that all of a sudden we're not trying to take the speck out of their eye, we're actually trying to be an encouragement, we're showing empathy, Going, you know, something's up. How can I be supportive? How can I be helpful in this time? And then something odd gets said here. Don't give holy things to dogs and don't throw your pearls in front of pigs. They will stomp on the pearls, then turn around and attack you. All right. So here we've had the how do you resist judgment, not only being judgmental of someone else, but also resisting people's judgment and going, you know, um, that's, that's not okay. Like, I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. And here he goes a little bit further on how to resist other people's judgment. When he's like, be careful. Like, don't, don't give them who you are. Don't give over. Like, this moment of going, if you're going to judge me and call me names and say this is who I am, hold up. Because God says, I am created out of love for peace and joy. I belong to God. I am worthy. When we feel judged and like somebody's trying to diminish our worth, Jesus is like, don't let them do that. Don't let them take that. Don't throw that stuff and give it over to them so easily because they're just going to stomp on it a moment of going, resist the judgment of others because those things are going to happen. So in a relationship where we're feeling that judgment of going, wait a minute, you can't claim me because I'm already claimed by God. You can't take my worth because my worth is wrapped up in God's. You can't take my peace because my peace is connected to God. You can't take love because I am always loved by God. You can't say, I don't belong. So when we're feeling those things, when we're feeling that judgment of others going, wait a minute, Jesus gives us a way to to push back on it. Doesn't mean it's going to be instant. Doesn't mean we're going to get instant relief. But it does mean we are going to push back. We are going to say, no, 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 no. Whoa. This is who I am. I am a child of God. And that's where our identity is planted. And to give anything else to those who want to use things against us, wants to point a finger in our face, wants to say we are not worthy, we got to go, hold up just a second. So think about that. Resisting the urge to judge others, but also resisting taking on the judgment of others. Is part of how God is with us in the world. It's part of how God is working with us. And we get a little more of this with 7 through 12 verses. Ask and you will receive. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Whoever seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door is opened. Who among you will give your children a stone when they ask for bread? Or give them a snake when they ask for fish. If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, you should treat people the same way that you want people to treat you. This is the law and the prophets. All right, so right here this very first this verse 7 ask and you will receive search and you will find knock and the door will be open to you I'm gonna tell you when I was a kid I loved that verse because I thought Nintendo here I come it's one of those things where as a child I read it that God is a genie in a bottle there to grant wishes I've got one two and what's weird is right as a kid I'm like, Grant, I'm like, okay, oh, God, I need, I want, I, you've got to do this for me. Very materialistic kind of thinking. And none of it happens because I've been treating God like a genie in a bottle. God is not a genie, God doesn't wave a magic wand. That's not how God interacts with the world. And so here, to be able to take that in context of what we just read about, don't judge, resist other people's judgment. And then that very last verse of what we read in verse 12, therefore, you should treat people in the same way that you want people to treat you. This is the law and the prophets. Here, Jesus is like, ask God for help in resisting judgment. Ask God for help in the way that you respond to others. Ask God for strength and for guidance. Ask God to reveal to all of us how we can treat one another as we want to be treated. That's what we're guaranteed. That's how God interacts with us. That's how we begin to experience God is when we go, okay, God, when our relationships are hard, what are we asking for? Because if we're just asking for it to be over or to be done or it to be easier, then maybe we're not understanding how God engages with us. How we can experience God is to say, hey, God, I need some help. I need some guidance. How can I go forward? How can I give some strength? Help me in my response. Help me to resist judgment. Help me to treat another person as I want to be treated. Those are the prayers. Those are the conversations. Those are the ways we begin to experience God in the difficult, in the moment of hard, Hard things. And so when we get to that place, when we're feeling like our relationship, whatever it is, whatever kind it is, whatever, whoever it is, to ask God for some help and some guidance, to ask God to go, wait a minute, I, need, I I don't know which way to go on this. Help me not to be judgmental. Help me to treat that person as I would want to be treated. Help me to resist any judgment from others. Because how we experience God is somehow wrapped up in that moment and Jesus is saying, ask for that. Notice God then. Pay attention when. Because God is with us. We have not been abandoned by God. God may be just working in our lives in ways that are unexpected, in ways that we can't imagine. We may be want more of the genie-in-the-bottle kind of God, but here Jesus is like, no, nope, no, no, that's not what this is. God is with us in these really difficult moments in these relationships, guiding us and giving us grace. Because so often that whole thing about judgment happens when we can't extend grace to someone else. And sometimes that's because we ourselves can't accept grace. And so here, Jesus, ask, ask for that grace, ask for to know that grace, ask for how grace can move you in the way that we treat other people. Continuing on. In verses 13 and 14, going through the narrow gate, the gate that leads to destruction is broad and the road wide, so many people enter through it. But the gate that leads to life is narrow and the road difficult, so few people find it. It's hard, and it's not going to get easier to do the right thing, to extend the grace, to resist the judgment to be able to understand what grace means for ourselves and for others, to be able to offer forgiveness and mercy, to be able to show up for one another and to encourage each other, to continue on in difficult relationships is not going to be easy. But the gate that leads to life is narrow and the road difficult. So few people find it. Jesus has empathy for us. He has understanding for us. He gets it. That this way of living is not easy, but it's life-giving. Because if we stay stuck in anger and resentment or wanting revenge or wanting to, I'll show you, then that relationship not only becomes hard, but it begins to drain us of life. It begins to drain us of the ability to thrive. It begins to drain us of understanding grace in our lives. It shoves aside that love and peace. It says, no, I'd rather stay in because it's comfortable than know God's peace, to know God's peace for ourselves and for others. And so here Jesus is like, it's hard. It's hard, but it's worth it. And then he goes on in verses 15 through 20. He says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you dressed like sheep, but inside they are vicious wolves. You will know them by their fruit. Do people get bunches of grapes from thorny weeds or do they get figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, and every rotten tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a rotten tree can't produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, you will know them by their fruit. When we're having difficulty in our relationships, when we're struggling, who do we go to for advice? Who do we seek out? What advice do we seek out? Do we seek out advice from others that are producing good things that seem to have some real wisdom? Or do we seek out others who just tell us what we want to hear or bring us further down or drain us of life or get us comfortable? Who do we go to? Who do we search out? What are we producing for others? So not only who do we search out that produces good stuff for us, but also what do we wanna produce in our own way? What what are the things we wanna produce in our relationships? Do we want healthy, mutually healthy relationships? Do we want to have peace? And what are we willing to do? Because it's not easy. So who do we go and seek out? What advice do we go to? Where are we searching for something more? And to think about what our relationships can produce, right? And we've had those moments when the relationship's really good. There is so much love and vibrancy, like there's an energy to it. And to go, wait a minute, I want to make sure I produce that all along the way. The problem comes, right, with relationships. It's not just us there's somebody else in it. And here, this is where it gets kind of difficult of thinking through, okay, I want to produce a relationship that is full of love and full of peace. How do I begin to deal with when maybe that's not what the other person wants? The other person may want something else from the relationship. Maybe it's a relationship of convenience or of using one another or of, I I just, I don't want to be alone. Is it a relationship of convenience? What kind of relationship is it? And what do we want it to produce? And is the other one willing to produce that? And this brings us to the next part of the scripture, which is verses 24 through 27 of getting some clarity on what do we want to produce is where we build our foundation. Where is the foundation in our relationships? Verse 24, everybody who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise builder who built a house on bedrock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat against the house. It didn't fall because it was firmly set on bedrock. But everybody who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice will be like a fool. Who built a house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat against the house. It fell and was completely destroyed. The foundation. When we're thinking about our relationships, all relationships, what do we want all of our relationships to be built upon? And if it's love, if if it's things that are related to God. So thinking about that, what what are things that are related to God? Love, peace, hope, joy, encouragement, mutually beneficial, that have healthy boundaries, that are a healing presence, that listen,
1: and to begin to think
0: about that, okay, if if my relationships are going to be built on that kind of foundation, if I am going to act according to those things, that that is first and foremost, that I am going to be able to go, wait, no, grace, Grace is more important to the foundation of my relationships than being judgmental. Extending forgiveness is more important than being right. What are the foundation elements that we want that are connected to God? But then, as we were leading up to this, right, how do we deal with people that that's not the relationship they want? That's not how they want to go about. That's not what they want to build their relationships with us upon. And here, this is the tricky part. This is the hard part. Because now right? Now somebody doesn't have those same values, those same priorities, those same, like, wait a minute, I want to be connected to God in this way, in these ways. I want to be able to experience God in my relationships, And to do that, even when they're hard, even when maybe we've had a disagreement, a miscommunication, here are the things that we're going to go back to each and every time. And that other person is like, no, that's not really for me. I'd rather be upset, angry. I have to be right. Always, always right. That when we end up in a relationship like that, of going, whoa, wait a minute, we do not have the same values, we do not have the same priorities, my foundation is this, and so now we have to navigate a relationship, a very difficult one, where maybe we are no longer as close to that person, but we are still kind, we will still be encouraging, We will be respectful in every way that we can, but maybe now we have to back up a little bit. We have to take a little bit of a step back, give them a little bit of space, because no longer are we building a mutual relationship on a foundation that is connected to God. And so when we find that our relationships are hard, we have to ask, what is at the foundation of this relationship? What is it being built upon? What is it sitting on top of? Is it connected to God? How is grace playing a part? What what are we expecting to produce in this relationship or not? What are the things that maybe, I need to let go of, they need to let go of? But as we know, we only have the chance to let go for ourselves. We can't make someone else do that. And so here we've got that, that kind of push and pull of really doing some big-time self-awareness, some real deep diving into what is this relationship built on? What do I want it to be built upon? Where is judgment and grace in all of it? Where is God's love in it? How is God at the basis or directing? How are we asking God for help this day? So as we are challenged by the words of Jesus, may we know that Jesus goes with us. May we know that Jesus had complicated, difficult relationships himself where he had to navigate, where he had to take a step back, where he had to extend forgiveness. He was, right? Peter, Peter denied him three times and he still forgave Peter. Because the relationship was built upon love. And Peter decided that it was built upon love. And so how will we deal with those relationships that don't want to be on the same plane of foundation, of values? How will we take those steps back while remaining respectful and kind? And how will we go forth this day in those difficult relationships, in new ways, so that not just ourselves can experience God, but that all those we are meeting, all of those we are interacting with, all those that we are conversing with may also experience a little bit of God this day because we know where our foundation is. We know that God goes with us. Amen. Thank you.